All righty. Welcome back to the nonsense. Natural nonsense is back. It's episode three. We got Andre 1K in the building. What's up, y'all? We here. Got myself, Kyler Nathan, and it's good to be back. This is a podcast that I love recording, a podcast I love talking about, and just chopping it up. A few things before we get started. Uh, first, we are now on YouTube. We are now on TikTok. So if you prefer to watch your podcast and feel like you're in the room with us, head on over to our YouTube channel, Natural Nonsense Podcast. Uh, if you want to catch the Instagram reels or you're more of a TikTok person than an IG reels person, follow us on TikTok. Uh, but most importantly, I know y'all been listening to the podcast. Definitely appreciate that. Uh, but make sure y'all leave a rating too, especially for those of y'all who are listening on Apple Podcasts. Uh, leaving that five-star rating, letting us know how much you like the podcast helps our podcast to grow and helps us to bring more nonsense to your ears. Thanks. Thanks. Now, without further ado, uh, a couple weeks ago, I would like to claim that we set the Twitter sphere ablaze <laughs> with the conversation of, would you rather fight a bear on land or a tuna in the water? Um, I asked for some audio clips from some of the listeners to get y'all's takes on here, but y'all didn't send them, but it's all good. We're going we gonna to work and we're going to grow from there. Uh, if y'all ever do want to leave a hot take with us or give us your take on some of our Would You Rathers, uh, you can head to the link in our bio on our Anchor dashboard and send us a clip. But nevertheless, I did want to take the time to just recap because I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I am flabbergasted. Um, it's just like it's wild to me that y'all prefer to fight a bear than a fish. I think this is what this comes down to. It's and... not just any fish, though. That's the thing. It's not just a fish. Like, this, bruh, a tuna in the water is not just a fish, bruh. <laughs> but a bear on the land is a bear. I don't care if the tuna in the water is a fish or not. It, Y'all is scared of a little tuna. Y'all scared of some sushi is what this comes down to. <laughs> and you scared of, uh, of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> we all should be scared of Winnie the Pooh. You've seen the trailer. Oh, <laughs> uh, nah. Yeah, you're right. You actually is right about that. I'm terrified of that Winnie the Pooh. Nah, uh, but I think, but- I, I think, like, I think it's more about setting. It's like, okay like if the if if we was in water or we was i don't know in the air and i had to fight a bird um it's the same kind of concept it just i think the thing that it pointed at was like whether or not people like super felt comfortable in water or if they was like nah i'd probably just drown so i might as well try my luck with the bear because i think that's what it came down to for people and i think that's all the trip i think that's just Everybody, everybody not Michael Phelps. <laughs> I don't even think you need to be Michael Phelps, though, because I guess my rationale was always, and I even did this thought experiment with Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. Um, we went on YouTube and we searched bear attacks human. Plenty of videos. Tuna attacks human? No videos. There's no videos of a tuna messing up a human. There's no videos of a tuna slapping anybody across the face, dragging them around, like just ragdolling them, like I don't know if people have seen a bear before, but I've seen tuna. I've eaten tuna. I don't know if people have eaten bear, but I've eaten tuna. And I'm people not... eat bear. But have our listeners eaten bear? 
of our listeners definitely haven't ate there. But I know that <laughs> I do know that people eat there. But I think that's almost not fair though, because where are you gonna get an underwater camera and like like you'd have to be a, a trained scuba diver to get video of the tuna in the first place. Like I just think there's way less like video of it. But I'm 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 I mean I'm sure it's probably not as many tuna attacks. But we're just we're we're looking we're already in the hypothetical. So you know, we, I think go ahead. I'll say we are in the hypothetical. I don't know. I'm I'm rocking with Team Tuna. What did that what did that poll end up coming out to? Because the last time I checked, it was pretty even. Like it was pretty it was a lot more even than I thought. It was more even, but if I'm not mistaken, and I can get the exact number depending on how fast my thumbs work, but the Bears won out for sure. The final tally was, uh-oh, did it even back out to 50-50? Huh. Oh, no, all right. Final answer was 62% bear, 38% tuna. So the bear. That's really high. Like, that's a lot higher than I thought the tuna was going to come through at. I'm going to be real with you. Like, and I think I, that's <laughs> what blew my mind because I'm like, all right, y'all could choose it, but most, like, the majority of y'all are like, I'm, I'm throwing hands with the bear. I have questions. That's all I'm going to say. I think for me, too, it's like, like, I have, like, I could set a fire. I don't know. I feel like. There's, there's smaller things that I actually have knowledge of that might scare a bear away versus like, I know nothing at all about how to breathe underwater and still fight a tuna. But you have scuba gear. For an hour. It's only gonna take 10 minutes. <laughs> you killing the tuna in 10 minutes? Really no, eight, killing it in eight minutes. I'm going to take a selfie in the last two. Um, Dang. But my thing is, I agree that you, Andre Thompson, can probably build the fire. You know a lot. I'm talking about the people listening to this <laughs> podcast who grew up in the urban areas of Los Angeles, California, where they do not see no bears. I have people talking about, oh, I got trees, I got boulders. If I get a bat, I don't care what type of bat y'all got. The oh, bear no, is snatching bat is bat the bat last thing. Yeah, a bat is the, we, the, it would need to be like a 10 foot bat for me to even think about it. It had to and be I, spiked, it had to have spikes at the end. And how hard are y'all swinging this bat at this bear? Like, I think people overestimated, underestimated the bear and overestimated themselves. I'm underestimating the tuna, I will give you that. But I also felt way more confident in water than I guess most people have. So I guess maybe we need to take a natural nonsense trip to some water and get some swimming lessons in it and just empower people that you too can fight a tuna. The tuna is not that bad. You too can fight a tuna. <laughs> I, I, I mean, a part of it too is like, because tuna are in packs, like, it's already rare to even have a tuna by itself so i think that's a part of the intimidation factor too is like like man in reality like they 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 be thick like they be deep <laughs> when they packing people out they that is very true however the hypothetical that there's one tuna in this situation yeah that's true and we are, we are squabbling with this tuna and although tunas are in packs 
packs, a bear will pack you out. No, nah, for real, nah. It, that's 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 well established. Like I don't. When I say I would rather pick the bear, it's purely off of. I think I know I have a plan of some way to survive. That's a really what that come down to. The tuna, no idea. Like, yeah, I might couldn't can swim a little bit and hover around and try to throw a jab at the gills. But man, tuna are fast in the water, bro. <laughs> they are fast in the water. And so, I don't know, maybe somebody might hear me scream and c- come help me with the bear. But in the water, ain't nobody hearing me scream, bro. This it's, it's over. Like, I don't know. There but it definitely, it's it. definitely no disrespect to all the bears. The black bears, the brown bears, the grizzly bears, y'all, y'all running the game. I'm not gonna lie. Trust me. If I see one of y'all and y'all come in my backyard, I'm staying in the house. But however, this is purely about location for me. Purely about location. I hope there are bears listening to this podcast and see that <laughs> they're being challenged. Y'all see, y'all see how humble I'm being? All the bear folk. I'm being humble. Don't get me. <laughs> But I, all in all, I really enjoyed the discourse about the bears and the tuna. Um, also, like, not even gonna lie, it was a great little marketing scheme. Like, get people talking about the bears and the tuna. And it actually translated to listens, which I really appreciate. Because I was afraid people were just gonna be talking about bear and tuna. I'm like, if y'all don't go listen to this podcast, I see right. numbers. <laughs> right. But I look forward to having more of these conversations, getting more of that dialogue in. So if y'all have hypothetical animal fights or whatever y'all want with the hypotheticals, let us know. I'm looking forward to continuing this discourse. Um, Today's topic that we're going to start the podcast off with was actually provided by one of our listeners. Uh, She is on Team Tuna, I will say. So one of my favorite listeners, I will add then. Um, But the homie, Lynn, she gave us this one. Uh, Three animals that represent us, our personalities, so each of us did some research, or Andre probably just pulled it out the back of his brain. And we have three different animals that we feel are representative of who we are, how we operate, how we how we strive to be. So I'm gonna let you go first. What? Let's start with your first animal. What you got for us? So my first animal is the honey badger. I got a tattoo of a honey badger on my arm. I don't think y'all can really see it real good, but it's fighting a snake. And I feel like honey badgers, like if you ain't ever looked up what a honey badger is or what they're about, um, they've been known to fight packs of lions with without fear. They've been seen attacking giraffe. <laughs> but they're really relatively small compared to these animals. Like, I don't know the exact weight and size, but much smaller than a lion, much smaller than a giraffe, like very, very small. Um, the reason the honey badger on my arms fighting a snake is because um, they have an immunity to venom from like cobras and stuff. So they'll eat a snake that's venomous. They'll get bit by the snake and just go to sleep and then wake up and eat the snake. If that ain't some real shit, and then um, the last element to the honey badger is just that they're really intelligent. They're one of the few animals that 
can't be kept in captivity like you have to like you have to almost start from scratch and then kind of see what happens because um honey badgers in captivity will use anything to escape like they've known to you know if there's a rock in there they'll push the rock over to the edge of the corner and then start stacking some leaves up on it and like they they are very very intelligent um and a reason they're called honey badgers is because they they eat the bee larvae that be in hives um and they're really smart and so in countries that have uh honey badgers people have to build really intricate ways to keep the honey off the ground and also a way for the honey badger not to climb the bean to get to the, the larvae and so they have to create these whole intricate structures to keep honey badgers from eating the honey and so you know i i just i just i just really vibe with just the holistic aspect of what they represent like they're not scaring nobody but they also aren't like like I don't know. I feel like some animals like that are are just aggressively just trying to attack and kill everything, but they really be chilling. Like they really, really be chilling for the most part until there's some beef to be had. So I really resonate with honey badgers a lot. Um, you want to give your first one? Yeah, but before I get mine, I'll get some commentary on the honey badger. Not surprised at all the honey badgers on your list. Uh, when I opened to run a show and I saw honey badger, I'm like, this is on specialty. I don't even know if I ever heard of a honey badger until I met you. I was yeah. instantly educated on honey badgers. Um, first thing that came to mind, though, it makes sense why you chose a bear. I think honey badger being your first bet, not being scared of nothing, I think that's why you chose a bear. Because let me ask you this would you rather fight a honey badger on land or a tuna in the water? <laughs> Nah, I'm gonna have to fight that tuna, G. Nah, cause like, honestly, <laughs> I don't know what I, like, cause they're not, like, all the things I was saying about the bear, about like, oh, it'll get scared, or oh, it'll, you, like, bro, this dude be fighting lions, like packs of lions, like, like, <laughs> like a five, like a six pack <laughs> of lions. And they'll win, like, they'll, they'll punk the group of lions and the lions will be. So like, I'm gonna I'm I'm probably have to mess with that tuna, bro. Like, honestly, like, because any psychological thing that I would try that would work on the bear, it's not working on the, on the honey badger. And they're more relentless. Like, they're relentless to a fault. Like, they can sometimes, like, hurt themselves and injure themselves because they're so relentless. Like, I'm good. I'm good. I'd have to, like, raise it from birth or, like, see it from birth or something and... I'm not, I'm not messing with them. This was uh, ESPN. I would just take the soundbite of you saying I'll take the tuna and just clip it like Andre has officially transitioned to the team tuna. I'll just chop the audio all up and it'll be on first day. Fake news. Um, my first animal, also my favorite animal. I don't think there's any surprise here for those people that know me. Uh, but I went with a wolf. I didn't get into the specifics of the specific type of wolf but just wolves as an entity. I think a couple of things went into me choosing the wolf and some of it has to do with myths. Like we talked about in the first episode, like the alpha wolf myth. Uh, there's also like this lone wolf thing. I think that people 
overestimate the amount of time a wolf will be by itself, like a lone wolf. Like wolves just don't be out in the wild for 20 years, just uh, being by their lone self. You might see a wolf by, by itself. itself. But that don't mean it's vice. That's, I'm gonna get to that point too. But one, like the lone wolf, that's when they're dispersed from the pack. Like maybe they're looking to start their own pack, their own family. Uh, but also if you just like little prey out in the tundra or wherever and you see one wolf, that's when your heart might start racing because you know they got scouts, they got their homies. The wolf's gonna get you. And I feel like that's very representative of how I feel like I'm perceived as well as I perceive myself. Like, I feel like a lot of people think that I have this like lone wolf mentality or do it all myself. But I'm like, nah, I, I got a pack. Like, I might do a lot of things by myself. But I, I got to pack. Um, on top of that, I think that's something that I learned when I went to the California Wolf Center, uh, which, if y'all don't know, there's a, pretty much a, it's not a wolf sanctuary, but there's this wolf center uh, about an hour and a half or an hour east of San Diego near Julian. And they have a bunch of wolves that they breed and have in captivity. And one of the things that I learned when I was there was just how much humans stress wolves out. Like if humans are near wolves, like they become stressed, like they don't want to interact with humans. Like if you're like in the Arctic and see Arctic wolves, like they'll, they don't like snowmobiles. Like they get stressed out around humans and I can't stand humans sometimes. Human beings stress me. <laughs> um, the last couple of things that I've broke down about wolves uh, one very family oriented like i love my circle like the wolf bag uh but also they're opportunists like they will they will scout out prey they will plan out they'll make sure they have the opportunities they need and they will strategize like they will have people that's just out looking for the prey people going in for the kill bites people that's chasing them uh, they're very intelligent hunters which i've always appreciated about wolves and then they're very loyal animals. Like wolves are one of those animals that once they have a mate, they're usually with that mate for life. And I feel like that's how I am with my wolf pack. Like I'm, I'm with my squad for life, like the wolf pack. So that's my number one. Yeah, and that's like no surprise at all. Like, I feel like, uh, like wolves, especially they, they've gotten a very like, bad rap especially in movies like they present wolves as like I don't know what to call it like just hyper aggressive and just just oh they're just trying to kill whatever animals in the you're at your campsite the wolves are gonna surround you like and all your friends like bro there's no way a wolf is trying to be seen first off and second off, they're not gonna try to go even six against three against some humans. Like they not, that's not their nature. And so it's a lot of like stigma around wolves, but they actually protect ecosystems. Like when there was a downturn in wolf populations, it messed the waterways because deer was eating too many plants near the, I don't know, like near the shores and stuff. And it was kind of messing up the waterways um spreading disease because it's too many um it's too many animals that aren't being hunted that probably sh like should be because they got some disease or some harm that the wolf would take out um and it's all the way down to like birds and to all the way down to squirrels you know what i'm saying like like every wolf that's in a wolf pack like has a strategic 
positionality in their ecosystem and i think like you know for our lives and stuff it makes sense because you know everywhere we go like especially like when you go to like different poetry events or you go to you know different things that's going on like there's always like even when i go with you there's at least two people there that you just know that's gonna dap you up and say oh hi kyler i haven't seen you in so long i'm just like bro how does kyler know all these people but like also knowing you and and just that you tend to be more introverted it just shows that like those labels of like introversion extroversion ambiversion or whatever they're not like static like positions it's just more so like your your comfortability or your way that you go about it and i think the wolf definitely shows that for you because they're highly highly social highly highly social animals like very much more social than like shoot probably even dogs honestly because yeah dogs can be in a pack but like it's it's a little different when you grew up like with the whole pack like your whole life you know what i'm saying like your mom is there your aunts (laughs) you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah, before we get to your second, I think I want to echo what you said about uh, the introverted part and like knowing a lot of people. Because I feel like sometimes it surprises people how many people I know on a really personal level or interact with on a deep level. And it's like, yeah, if you're part of the wolf pack, you get a different me than if you're not a part of the wolf pack. Like, if you're not a part of my wolf pack, and especially if you like outside, outside the wolf pack, you get in a different kind. But that's just, it is what it is. But once you're part of the wolf pack, you know when it comes down to hunting, I got the got the keen skills that's gonna get us get us the caribou. For real, nah, you that's for real. And then you know, I think the the thing about it too is like there's such an intelligence that goes with it. You know what I'm saying? There's such a like group mentality that goes with with that wolf part. You know, that's not just like a singular person makes it work. It's like even down to the teeth of a wolf, like. There's a reason wolves and big dogs, like they they phased out more than the big cats because wolves, their operation is to work as a group. Whereas like big cats, they operate to kind of like, like just kill their prey, you know what I'm saying? But wolves and stuff, they try to tire out their prey and like do it as a group. So they didn't need to be as big. So it kind of goes even into the evolution of them too. Yeah. I think a wolf is a good segue to your number two option. Yeah, my number two, um, I picked a dog, not a wolf. Uh, I feel like um, dogs are a lot more sociable with humans. I think the way that I'm sociable with people, um, I'm a lot more like a dog in that, like, you know, I kind of like aim to please or I'm trying to have fun I'm trying to like you know stay in the moment um I kind of I get sad when I'm when I I'm not around people for a little bit and then I see them again you know I'm saying I'm really happy um but I think I'm really I'm a very loyal person like I'm very very loyal um and I think like just that aspect of uh almost like instant gratification that people get when they see a dog they kind of get that when they see me like i see that if people like oh dang it's andre like i remember where like even like when i was going to like i ain't been to a party in a minute but just when i was going to parties and stuff 
it would just be like, man, like this was so, they, people would say, oh, this didn't start until you got here. And I'm like, dang, like, I got here kind of late, y'all. Like, what was like, y'all it doing? It didn't start? <laughs> it didn't start till I got here? Like, Everybody what? just standing around like, uh, Andre's not here. <laughs> That's what I'd be imagining in my head, but I'm like, I'm sure y'all wasn't just standing here like, like just waiting on me to go. I know I'm being, I'm exaggerating, but um, I don't, I don't know if you exaggerated though, because I, I'm not gonna mention this gentleman's name on this podcast, but I had someone ask, I was about to go. It was at a conference. It was at the Students of Color conference at UC Merced. He wasn't there. But I told him. Oh, um, and we was about to. There was like, a, there's always like some type of party or social at night during the conference. And we was on the bus about to go to the party. Some people was about to go, some people wasn't. I was leaning towards not going. This gentleman said, oh, because your friend Andre's in here, you can't go have fun. I was like, listen here, motherfucker. Bruh, like, it's, it's so <laughs> wild. That, what is that? It's like in Los Angeles, California, or Merced. Where are we picking? I'm just... I'm just throwing out. I'm not. I'm not making no conclusions. I'm just saying. So like the fact that it came back to like, oh, like your friend Andre is not gonna be like. I, I, we operated very autonomously. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, we lived together and stuff, but we operated autonomously. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. <clears throat> that was just a little tangent within your dog statement one thing i didn't want to bring up before you continue if there's more you want to say about the dog you also can't just pet everybody dog like yes dogs be social and loving and happy to see humans but dogs got their humans and you can't just be petting nobody dog without asking you to pet that uh, dog. i'm definitely one of them dog like you know because uh, like you know how some dogs there's certain type of people that they don't necessarily mess with just for whatever reason. I'm definitely that kind of dog. Like when I'm around like people that I mess with or people that I'm like, if it's somebody new, man, that <laughs> that time period of feeling it out, it, it might take a couple days or a couple encounters before I'm like, cause, like, especially when I meet my friends, other friends, it's just sometimes I'm just like, why are we both friends with? Like, how are we both friends? How are we both friends with this person? I gotta find out. <laughs> I gotta find out for a couple of days and just just ease it out. Cause man, people end up being weird. But but yeah, I think I think that's that's it for me on the on my second one. You wanna go to yours? Yeah. So my second one, and it's funny because I wouldn't have thought to pick the second one, but I decided to take one of those animal personality quizzes just to see what they would say would be my animal and this is actually the one that popped up and then the more that i like looked into it the more i thought about it, i'm like huh that kind of makes sense so my second one is a gorilla um i'm gonna be ignorant quick be racist you better not. i wouldn't go say it i wouldn't go say it i was gonna let it rock nah this is natural nonsense we saying it on this podcast if you racist listen to what i'm saying don't put no racial stuff in the comments Y'all not the racist ain't listening to this podcast. They saw nah, you, yeah, you right about that. <laughs> um, speak to your but, audience. Yeah, I'm speaking to my audience. Uh, we go on gorillas here. Uh, but things about gorillas, like 
naturally like they're more on the shire quiet side uh they're not as aggressive as people think unless provoked like a gorilla is a protector of like his family uh but they largely just they be chilling like i know like gorillas in captivity at the zoo like they're not the same as gorillas in the wild but usually when you go to the gorilla exhibit they largely chilling the baby might be rolling around and stuff but the silverback gorillas they just be sitting up might have like a little branch with some leaves in their hand they big chilling but would you like try to go provoke a gorilla hell no every time those stories come out where um those of the lighter hue end up in gorilla exhibits. I just don't feel bad. And I and I hate that I don't feel bad. I don't. <laughs> I don't. Cause how did I've seen gorilla exhibits at a lot of different zoos that I've been to. You have to really try to get in there. Yeah. I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad at all. <laughs> and that's exactly how I feel. Like I feel like people know that I'm I don't even feel like I'm as shy as I used to be, but I'm more of the quiet reserve type. But I feel like people, people love pressing them some buttons. And it's like, yo, I understand that I'm quiet and reserved, but you got one more kid to try me. And going gorillas in here. Um, so yeah, I don't really have much else to add about the gorilla, but I just, I vibe with it. They're a big animal. People think that they're more aggressive than they are. And if they don't think they're aggressive and they try them, then they find out just how aggressive aggressive we get. Uh, there's a theme of my animals with like the interaction with like family and those and they pack, they group, they pause. But yeah, my number two is a gorilla. Yeah, man, I definitely see that for you just because like, um, like it just reminds me of Tarzan. Um, like I know it's like a fake movie or whatever, but all in all like they was chilling before tarzan got there and like we can speak we can we can we can speak freely <laughs> we can, these are these are fake fake uh characters but kerchek was on the right path man from the jump from the jump and like as a kid i was like dang man kerchek hated but then as an adult watching it i'm like yeah, he, he kind of was right <laughs> <laughs> and all of that aggression to try to protect the animal like everybody in the little uh, I think they call them colonies yeah, I, I don't so. know for sure but uh, everybody in the little colony like they gotta be scoping out like really looking for you know trouble and you know I think for you the, the biggest thing is like that perceived aggression you know what I'm saying like how especially as black men like how do how do we even I deal with that and it doesn't it's never made sense to me but um just that perceived aggression and how that can like leak into you know like I know we're gonna get into the conversation of support but just it kind of like all goes together a little bit I just put it in the chat but I just looked it up a group of gorillas it's a true kind of true yay that's dope but go ahead give us your third and last and we might all right, so my last one is the chameleon. So, um, I don't know. A lot of people probably don't notice, but just when I um, when I wrote my admissions essay to colleges and stuff, I wrote about chameleons and how they have to be adaptable to their environment in order to survive. 
and just in my upbringing of moving as much as I have, like living in five different states, uh, 16, 17 schools, it's, it's like made it to where my adaptability is really, really high. Like I can, I can adapt to anything. And it, it makes it to where it's very difficult for me to complain because I can adapt to a lot of different stimuli. Like, so like, I think for a lot of people, they get into a comfort zone of something and then they stay there. But me, I don't necessarily have that like that. Like I kind of do, but not really. And so I'm I'm always like adapting to what's around me, like exact to the T. Like, so like coming out in, in California, I had to, you know, like start, start figuring out what these burritos was about. You know, had to start figuring out what, what these tacos was about and what an actual taco was. You know what I'm saying? I never had an actual taco until I came to California. Um, so like, it's but through that it, it taught me so much through all of these moments of adaptability because I had to actually go places and learn and be uncomfortable. Like, if you never been, like I never been to somebody's random birthday party like like from the Mexican homies I never went to their random birthday party but the first one I went to changed my life changed my life I don't even know whose birthday it was it could have been an eight-year-old I don't remember whose birthday or but the fact that I was there they was grilling up all the stuff on the grill had the had the sauces ready had the had the beer on it like I'm like yo why have I missed out on this my whole life so now now, whenever I see a ta- like, see some tacos and I or I see some grills going on, I know what to do. I know what time it is. I know to get my my cilantro, my onion, and start start going to town, get my salsa ready. I know I know what to do now. But I think like that's the thing that I lean into as a person is like, oh, I don't know what it's about, or I don't know what's gonna happen. I can figure it out and adapt. You know what I'm saying? And still still be myself, still be who I am like I'm not gonna turn from a chameleon to like a Komodo dragon all of a sudden but like that's not that's not to say that I can't still adapt and, and survive and do what I need to do to you know blend in you know what I'm saying and like I still stand out because you know if you ain't never seen what a chameleon look like they still stand out like <laughs> they, they, they stand out a lot but when they don't want to they can blend in really well. So I think that's something that's a really big strength of mine. You kind of look like a million. fuck you. No, but I think that's real. And I think that anybody who's gone through, like, being the new kid in school, especially as many times as you have, you kind of have to adapt to survive. You have to adapt to your environment. Uh, knowing you day one at UCSD versus who you are now, like, adapted a lot like there's a lot of things that have forced you to grow and not change who you are but maybe change how you show up in spaces or just grow as an individual I think chameleon is a perfect one for you just with your life experiences and give me your dialect like because I've I think I've heard every range of Andre's voice from California Andre to Dick and Shelby North Carolina Andre where it's like, ooh, I'm catching like every three words you're saying, but I'm starting to put it together. And I adapted to be able to hear <laughs> exactly what you'd be saying because 
when your accent come, it be strong. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the things, like, like, it happens over time where just when you're when you're somewhere long enough, you just it's like a part of belonging to a human group. You know what I'm saying? So like, like, and people don't mean nothing by it, but when when every time I start talking, hey, like I, I start my sit, hey, say that again. What would you just say? Say that again, and I'm like. TV. Oh, God. TV slapper. You said TV. And then I'm just, I'm just sitting there like, I don't know what that had to do with the hell I was talking about, but I guess. And so I think, like, over time, um, like, it's more out of, like, adaptability, too, because I think sometimes I don't be feeling like telling her every single person I talk to like my whole life story of how I got to California. Like, and so a part of me and my dialect and, and like how I talk and like, it ain't even really code switching. It's just like, just knowing like at a certain level, I'm probably say some shit and be like, well, where is that from? Um, <laughs> but I think like definitely when I'm more comfortable and definitely more over the pandemic, like when I've talked to just my family, like when I just called them on the phone, like, and when I'm probably at my most comfortable state, like usually when I'm kind of drunk, though. <laughs> but like I go right back to being at home, and I think that just shows the authenticity of where I'm coming from. And everybody, everybody that actually knows me and been around me, they've heard it like <laughs> real, oh, yeah. real, real deep, and just been like, "This is the same dude from yesterday." And it's like, yeah, he's just not I at know. home right now. Just not at home right now. Because if we was back, if like, bro, we gonna go to Shelby one day. And it's it's gonna be an eye-opening experience. <laughs> then it's gonna oh. be like, dang, he he really I can't understand what he's saying, but whew. I mean it's gonna be an eye-opening experience for Carlos going to Shelby because the moment I get out the plane and it's no buildings or skyscrapers, I'm a, like I know Charlotte got buildings and whatnot, but Shelby is not less Nah. <laughs> But uh, let me go ahead and get into my third one. Uh, my third one is a dolphin with the disclaimer that there's a lot that people know about dolphins and there are some bad aspects of dolphins in the wild. <laughs> Those bad aspects don't apply. I'm going to list the aspects of a dolphin that I relate to. And I want to start with that disclaimer because I'm gonna leave it at that. Um, <laughs> the parts of dolphins that I relate to and one of the reasons I picked the dolphins, dolphins used to be one of my favorite animals, literally in middle school. I don't even know if I told you this, but one of my science fair projects was literally doing like a research project on a dolphin. Uh, that was the first time I went to SeaWorld. I was talking to some of the trainers about dolphins and really just understanding more about what the dolphins are. So I just began to really love dolphins as animals. I swam with a dolphin when I was like 10 years old. So definitely, yeah, like have, I understand dolphins. Uh, but the three things that I want to list about dolphins, and once again, these are the three things for the purposes of this conversation. <laughs> um, dolphins don't sleep a lot. They stay awake like a long period of time. They'll even float like near the top of the water because they always want to be on the lookout for predators. They want to make sure that they pause or safe. Uh, definitely known to be very intelligent animals. 
uh, very similar to the wolves, like even when dolphins are hunting fish, like the pod will like circle around a school of fish and then take turns like getting their grub on. And then uh, one thing that really stood out, and this is why I chose the dolphin over some of my honorable mentions, uh, they get bored by simple tasks. Like if you train a dolphin to do a task and they get it real quickly, it's like, all right, man, I need some type of stimulation. I even read, and I don't, didn't have time to fact check this, but sometimes dolphin trainers, if they forget the sequence of events a dolphin is supposed to do, the dolphin will remind the trainer of what they're supposed to do. Like, that's how intelligent dolphins are as a species. And I think that's very relevant because I can lose mental stimulation very quickly if I know I can do something and do it well. Like I don't like repetitive, simple tasks. I hate when it's like, all right, let's all read this paragraph together. Like, no, I'm not not doing I can't that. stand that either. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's dolphins for me. Uh, once again, those are the three points that I'm including about dolphins. Any extraneous information that you have about dolphins is not relevant for the purposes of this exercise. Uh, <laughs> hey, nah, the one thing I will say about dolphins, because, like, I think the thing that you're getting at is, like, the communal aspect to dolphins and just how, like, when they communicate, they communicate very like directly and with their actions and stuff. And so I definitely see that with dolphins. Just some of the stuff that Kyler kind of leaving out from the dolphins, it's just funny. Cause like, yo, like, I don't, I don't know exactly the rating for this podcast, but dolphins be on some other shit. <laughs> like, um, just, 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 just look up what a dolphin be on. Yeah, their Google free time. it. Google Google what they do on their free time. Just because, like, I really just would rather them and otters, bro. Them and otters, they 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 neck and neck for just on some on some other uh, other 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 shit for real. So I'm glad you stuck to those two points. Yeah, and I wanted to make it very clear that those are the three points. Um, I had a few honorable mentions, but we've already been talking quite a bit about these animals. So I do want to move forward, but I guess I'll list them real quickly. And then any animals you feel that y'all seeing us, let us know in comments on these IG reels, leave us a voice message, let us know. Uh, but the three that almost beat out the dolphin were a jaguar, an owl, and an elephant. Those are the three that I definitely see parts of myself in, but I felt like I got some of those characteristics from these three animals. So those are my three. I feel like my honorable mentions would be um, like a bull, uh, like a cow bull. I know there's different kinds of bulls. I don't. I mean, once I learned that, it kind of messed up my head a little bit that bulls aren't just cows. But anyway, like a cow bull, uh, probably. Um, probably like a. It's called a gray, like an African gray parrot. Yeah. Um, and the last one probably would be um, probably like probably like a crocodile, honestly. Um, maybe they. I feel like those are my three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick to those. Awesome. So. You heard our three animals. You heard the honorable mentions. Let us know your thoughts on what you feel about our choices for these animals. 
So to get to the bigger topic of the podcast, uh, we wanted to talk about what support looks like for us uh, as creatives, what does support look like for the people we interact with, and how can people essentially hear what support looks like for us and follow exactly what we say? Because I think sometimes when it comes to support, uh, there can be times where people support you the way they feel you should be supported versus how you really want to be supported. So with what we've already discussed in mind with these animal representations of us, with how we see ourselves in some of these animals, how can people support you and what does that support look like for you as you are? Yeah, I'll start off first with the creative parts. And I think the creative parts of me um, definitely we tend more to being part of like that like kind of like honey badger aspect to me where I really do not like stop like I, like I don't need people to do very much for me to like want to do something creative like I'll just start doing it and then see what happens honestly like so I'm really fearless with that but I think the support comes like for me when it comes to creative stuff it's just in like truly um like if I'm putting out something like if it's music or whatever it might be I just value people giving actual feedback like actually listening to my songs looking at the videos I made looking at the cover art whatever it might be um and giving feedback like do you like it what do you like about it what don't you like about it um and it's not necessarily like that I'm expecting it it's just like like support for me like I could care less how many people stream it you know what I'm saying because that's very fickle all it would take one day is for me to make some random song and somebody use it as a sound on TikTok and now it looks like I got all these streams but it wouldn't be authentic it wouldn't be real it would be based off of like something that's fickle and I want my creative ventures to be supported off something that's like community driven and community based. So like, I think it's more challenging for me sometimes when that feedback isn't there because it's like, I guess this cool, y'all feeling this? Y'all not feeling this? Like, would you bump this at a party? Would you bump this in your car? Are you gonna bump this by yourself? Like, what, where am I at? Like, cause right now I'm just kind of like shooting in the dark, you know, with a lot of what I'm trying to do. And so I think that part is where I definitely be wanting that type of support, like specific, like, okay, what's the feedback? Like, and the people that do support me, they give me feedback. Like, and it's not just like, oh, that's good. Bro, like, that's not feedback, bro. <laughs> it's just not like and and even if you said it was bad that's not feedback either not. like I think feedback for me is like bruh yo that beat was hard like I like how you can't I like the hook uh, I like that one bar you had when you said blah 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 because the thing for me is like people will do this for for complete strangers that are terrible people like we know they are terrible people like through just basic things that we know about them and they'll get that feedback they'll give that feedback to them into the ether of 
you know, social media where that person will never respond, but I'm a person they know and can give them feedback, like give them response to their feedback. So it's just kind of interesting how that plays out. Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. And it ties into what I was going to say with regards to creativity, like almost word for word when it comes to feedback is how you really support creatives. Like as a poet, as a podcaster, like I think that that feedback is very crucial. And it's kind of analogous to like when I look at wolves or dolphins, like one of the things that people think they know about wolves is like, oh, they howl at the moon. Like, no, the wolf isn't just sitting on a cliff howling at the moon, but they're communicating with their pack, they're communicating with other packs in the area, a dolphin using echolocation. There's a lot of that type of audible feedback that happens in nature. And that's how I feel sometimes if I, well, not if, I literally have written four poetry books. I'm not just throwing the poetry books out to the moon and like, hey, y'all, saying these poems, but like looking for that interaction, looking for that feedback. Like you said, like, what did this mean to you? Which of these did you like? Which of these do you want to learn more about? Because I feel like, especially with something like poetry and music, because there's a surface level, there's the beat, there's the music, there's the words, there's a rhythm to it, but there's a story behind those. There's a reason why you put those words in that order. There's a reason why you use that book. There's a reason why you use that metaphor. And my favorite things is when somebody asks a question like, hey, I heard this, I read this, you made me think of this. Is that what you were going for? Why did you write this? What inspired you to write this? Why'd you use this word, not that word? Because there's just, there's levels to it. And what you said about like celebrity culture and people doing this for celebs, because I'll, I'll go on wax on the record. Both of us got more bars than some of these celebrities, hands down. I, there's people that people adore that they celebrate. And it's like, cool, I love people loving the stuff that they love, but I'll be writing some heat. Let me know I'll write some heat. And if you ain't rocking with it, that's cool. But like, what didn't you rock with? What didn't connect? So definitely relate to what you were talking about when it comes to feedback for creativity. Uh, how about we transition to talk a little bit about like friends and community? Like, what does support look like within community? I think like for me, support with like friends and community, family and stuff, is it kind of goes into more that aspect of like, um, like of the dog part because I think. I definitely have times where I need a pack. Like I need like people to be around. Um, but it's hard for me sometimes because of like the honey badger aspect of just like fearless, relentless going at it by yourself. And then the chameleon aspect kind of conflicts with it too because I'm adapting all the time. Like sometimes I feel like it's hard for me to turn off adapt and just like because I feel like that leads me to a state of just being more vulnerable and like exposed a little bit when I'm not adapting. So I can adapt to anything. Like we're a pandemic, right? Right now, a struggle I'm having is I adapted so well to the pandemic uh, in terms of like, all of a sudden I can't see loved ones and friends like within, not within six feet or I might risk my life or their life. And now, it's still that, but with vaccines and, um, you know, they got more medicines and stuff, it's, it, it's, it's marginally better. Like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't think we're post pandemic no time type of way. Um, 
but I think that had its fault because I adapted so well to being by my like just focusing on what I got going on just in my crib that it's very challenging now for me to make plans with my friends like it's really hard for me to like just pull up at somebody's house or what you doing today I'm gonna just pull up and you know on the vice versa when friends ask me to do something like last minute like day of it's so hard for me to accept because I'm just like ah, I don't know where you been at like uh, I mean and it ain't even nothing personal but it's just like I ain't, I really don't know you know what I'm saying and then um like just getting out of that way that I had to adapt so starkly in the other direction it just made it makes it really hard so I feel like support for me just it's like reaching out to me in a way that you know is low maintenance like like my brother does it all the time like my brother called me almost every day like almost every day my brother will call me and he'll just be like what you want you know what I'm saying it's not like you gotta have some like because I think sometimes checking in gets heavy sometimes versus like hey what you want what you doing what you up to and I think sometimes I need that a little bit more as a segue into like me actually trying to check in before I just like am gonna just be open about what I'm stressing about or what I'm going through especially right now because like the times that I do go out and be with friends it's all been like like day zero friends <laughs> like <laughs> it's been very hard for me to go into social settings and feel comfortable like and even going out to dinner like it's so hard for me because like I got so used to just taking in only like a couple people voices you know what I'm saying and then suddenly I'm in this room with 50 people talking and it's like it's still hard for me it's still hard for me so I think that's where I'm at with like community right now it's just like just just knowing that I'm not I'm not like being a recluse by myself or nothing or like but I'm just still trying to like figure out a way through this pandemic in a way that makes sure everybody's safe because that's what I keep worrying about the safety of people because like my little brother just got COVID last week and it's like I don't know it's just hard for me no I think that's really real I think there's a certain community care I think especially over the last couple of years with the pandemic where it's like just to kind of going back to the wolf thing like where is your pack at like whose pack is in this area like where where are people at and i think when it comes to checking in you may have mentioned something very crucial about although it's good to check in with people sometimes people are just not really ready to check in like there's been an ongoing pandemic there's always continued racialized violence going on and capitalism is capitalizing and i think especially thinking back over like the last couple of weeks being like the end of the academic year uh finals for people who are in school uh, putting on like putting on big end of the year events like for a while especially leading up to like planning black rat i was like yo like there probably are some things i could check in about but i just can't right now i'm not i'd much rather somebody just be like hey like what you want like you said what you doing what you up to and then if as the conversation goes on we get there we get there but i don't need people to uh <laughs> Uh, check in like oh are you happy right now like ooh, relax Yeesh. 
And I think like going with that, you know what I'm saying? I have this stark knowledge now that none of my community are professional therapists, period. And I can't, and I, there was a point where I was almost like, like I would have a therapy session and then I'll be like, dang, like they not talking to me like my therapist. So like, I'm, I'm like almost nitpicking the feedback or whatever they're saying. But I think when I took that step back and I was just like, bruh, how many people are actually therapists? How many people are actually going to therapy? I think the number came out where it's only like 20 to 30% of people in general even go to therapy, let alone black men, black women, black people, people at all. It's only like 20 to 30%. So like me, like having realistic, um, just frameworks for how I'm even digesting the interaction so that it's not like oh well like because I really got out of that oh they haven't checked on me in a while why would I text them I got over that over the pandemic like if somebody came to my mind I would just be like yo you came to my mind hope you will and, and text that and call that a date because that's that's what I could do at the time that's what they I wanted them to know and maybe they wanted to check in at some point after that, but sometimes not. But they, I just want to let people know where I'm at mentally and how I'm feeling about them. And I think that's what my mode of operation been. But it ain't been this whole, like, let me blame some external reason for where I'm at or why somebody's trying to help me in a certain type of way. Like, man, people are trying to survive they self. So got to just yeah. take a step back and just be a little more humble about it. Yeah being humble about it, understanding that the world may not revolve around you, even though your world revolves around you, like the like communal world doesn't revolve, revolve around you. And I think that that's a challenge I have for folks listening in on the support conversation. Um, when somebody does cross your mind and you're like, man, I wonder how they're doing, just shoot them a text. It doesn't have to be a long conversation. Uh, you don't have to call them if you don't want to. You can call them if you want to. You can hit them up on Instagram. Because I feel like there's times where I've like spoken to someone who's like, oh man, I was just thinking about you the other day. I was wondering how you was doing. I'm like, oh dang, you could have just hit me up. I would have told you exactly how I was doing. Um, I think we have to get over the pride, for lack of a better word, that comes with like reaching out to people. Because going back to last week's or two weeks ago's conversation about vulnerability, it can feel really vulnerable to let someone know that they were on your mind and you want to check in on them, depending on what your relationship is like with that person. But to kind of close out, that's what support really looks like. That's the type of support I really appreciate when it's someone who's like, yeah, like you honestly just crossed my mind and I wanted to be like, oh, how's Kyler doing? Uh, Zay literally did this yesterday. He called me. I don't think I've ever talked to Zay on the phone outside of like, hey, bro, you want something to eat? I'm headed back to the crib or where you at? But he was like, oh, yeah, I was just like, I saw your name pop up on Instagram. I ain't checked in with Kyler for a minute. So I was like, let me see how Kyler doing. And that's just really how he and that's the support that I like to receive from friends because there's a lot going on. There's battles that people are vocal about that they're fighting and there's battles that people will win or lose without ever mentioning anything about the battles that they're fighting. So I think the more that we just have that natural effort to reach out to people, to connect with people, especially while we've been on a Zoom remote virtual environment, because I'm half to remind people too, this ain't normal. Like, um, we aren't meant to be only communicating with people via Zoom. 
oh, we're not meant to go this long without human contact, human connections. And of course, people are connecting in the ways that they can, but it's important to keep in mind those people that maybe you haven't connected with and if you're wondering how they're doing, maybe you're the one person who checked in on them in a while, and that can be the world. Yeah, that's true. And I think, like, you know, what you were saying about that pride part is real true because, like, at the end of the day, like, pride can win. And I think, like, we just got to assess what happens when pride wins. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess that could be a further conversation, but just, like, the times where I just put my pride to the side and just, you know, said, like, yo, I care about you. I just hope you're well. Like, for me, I just think back to the 1800s and, you know, I think back to when our people was enslaved. I'm like, bruh, you think people wouldn't have been texting if they had the ability to text? You know what I'm saying? Like, and I think sometimes we can get, yeah, we're in a technocratic society and it's kind of like fucked up, but like people used to have to deliver letters through a horse. Like, are our barriers to communication really that high? Cause, cause like a horse living, needing to live and get to its destination used to be how people communicated. Now I can talk to somebody in, like, I just called my pops, he's, he's in Saudi Arabia right now. I talked to him and saw his face on Father's Day. That's a blessing. Like, and so I just think like, people just get real about what are the barriers, like, because it's real easy to send a text. It's real easy to call real quick. Like physically easy, like you press a button. Like, I mean that, I don't mean it like mentally, but just what is the real step it takes to reach out to somebody? Like, it's not really, getting on a horse, writing it out in pen and ink, uh, getting a stamp. Uh, like, we don't gotta do all that. And people was doing that faithfully. Faithfully for years on end to people that they was missing. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not saying we gotta get all the way back to that, but just on some level, like, bro, just shoot the text out. Like, and see what happens. Because I see there's a real big like disconnect of a lot of people like they feel disconnected but like I felt the most connected when I just hit up I hit you up right hit like my brother up right hit my mama up and I'm just like hey mama what you doing you know what I'm saying and then she could tell me about some show she watching or something and then I just feel like I'm in the living room with her you know what I'm saying so as somebody that's very far from my extended and close like what do you call domestic family what do you say like with your mama and your daddy what's that i don't know what it's called immediate like, family. immediate family like i've been far from both for the last seven seven eight years of my life and that's tips from somebody like me like because if you if you're in that situation even if you're in the same city you can still feel far away but just taking those those steps i think really helps to bring people together dropped so many gems in the last five minutes of this podcast i can't even recap them all but i did add uh what happens when pride wins to our list of stuff to talk about because i think that is a very important conversation um and then i think what still is continuing to hit me that you said was you don't think they would have been texting back in the 1800s i'm like that's real uh you said a lot of gems there and 
to close this out, I think I couldn't have said anything better. So I think that's the perfect place to leave the podcast and the homework for the listeners. Just reach out to somebody. It doesn't matter if you're related to them, if you barely know them. Reach out to somebody, hit them up. You don't have to get super deep with it, but whoever is on your mind as you're listening to the conclusion of this podcast, just reach out to them, see what happens. And maybe you get to reconnect with somebody you haven't connected with in a while and let us know how it goes. Like, I think we're in a time where connecting is very important. You mentioned talking to your dad in Saudi Arabia while we're on Zoom talking from LA to San Diego that we're going to post on the internet for a bunch of people to listen to. Like, there's so many ways for people to connect for people to talk and yeah just get, keep the human connection alive and keep the nonsense alive that is right. that has been episode three of the natural nonsense podcast we went a little bit longer than usual but that means you get even more great content content from us uh make sure that y'all follow us on instagram on tiktok at youtube uh, natural nonsense pod just follow us at that nonsense pod on instagram and we'll have everything in our bio uh, thank y'all and hope y'all have a good rest of whatever day you listen to this. Happy Juneteenth. <laughs> Happy-